Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Summer on Wrong and Wronger. I am Steve, cool as a cucumber, Olivas, and he has James looking like he's been melting since the day I met him, Breakwell. And James... I can't imagine you have the same hellscape up there as we do down here in the humid south. When I walk outside, I literally burst into flames. We just spent three hours at the pool. I thought the kids would be done in 20 minutes, and they stayed the whole time. And I, of oh. course, refused to get in the water. I sat there doing work on my phone and laptop, sweating profusely. <laughs> it oh was... God. Uh, I've, I had to, I had to get everything done so I could come here with you at eight o'clock to, to talk. I had, uh, we just got back from the pool. Uh. I had to tell my kids, scarf down your food. If you choke, it's okay. I know the Heimlich maneuver because Steve takes priorities. So now I have shuffled off a hundred other people in my house. So we have a perfectly silent studio for whatever words of wisdom you have to give us now. Well, as you can see behind me, James, the pond has gotten a Brazilian wax job. So no more willow trees sucking the life out of that pond and draining it. So it's uh, got a little landing strip on the side. I like it, James. Why did you kill your willow trees? I mean, you, you are an old man. You live on an old man property. It's an old man tree. <laughs> I tell you what, man, they are incredibly adaptive living machines. Like they, the way that the, the rate at which they reproduce and the way that they grow is almost bulletproof when it comes to trying to get rid of them because every branch is its own tree. And what the, every branch does is it sends roots out and makes more branches pop up and they have their own root systems. And because the willows, the black willow, the one that I had tends to begin underwater, the root systems are like fibrous, like it has hair, like it has fur that goes deep into the ground and they're very difficult to get rid of. But that's why too, you can't just have a few of them for decoration because they'll end up infesting the entire pond after not too long. They're, they're amazing when it comes to nature, but they're annoying when it comes to trying to have a healthy pond. What is, what is wrong with having a pond surrounded by willow trees? Two things. One, it blocks my view. And James, if <laughs> well, there's anything that gets in my way, I'm going to kill it just flat out. And uh, we also, we're going to, there's some stumps that couldn't get ripped out of the ground and we're going to agent orange those suckers to try to kill them before they reproduce. But the second problem is the small pond doesn't have the volume that the big pond does. And the willow trees require so much water and they have so many family members coming in from out of town to start growing on our pond that they're literally draining the small pond. And given that it's going to be 100 degrees and sunny for the next two weeks, I don't know if our pond is going to survive. So we had to do something pretty quick. I just can't believe with all the other problems you've had with having two cabins that are barely fit for human habitation, <laughs> you found the time to go out here and declare war on a harmless tree that was hurting no one and committed only the offense of drinking water. Yeah. Well, now that the deers have entered this phase of their social networking, the mama deers have gone to bed 
to have their baby deers and they kick out all the preteens and teenage deers from last year. Mm. And so instead of getting like dozens of deer at a time up at the feeder, we get them one at a time and they look confused and like the walking dead because it's it's like uh, preteen deers that don't have their group anymore and they have to make age mate groups now, but they have to kind of figure that out. So the point is, that uh, when the deers came in groups, they didn't go down and drink at the pond, but all these teenagers wandering around, they go down to the pond to drink. So for the sake of the deers, James, we needed to keep water in that pond. I thought I was mishearing you the first time, but you said it 19 times in a row. What, yeah. what exactly is the plural of deer in Tennessee? Yeah, it's deers. Deers And then the plural S. of deers is deerses. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see that. I was under the mistaken impression that deer was plural on its own and singular. Oh, I, I see. You Midwesterners. God. So I, I'm so <laughs> perplexed by the English language. That's, uh, the Tennessee's got it, got it figured out. So much, much like these deer are figuring out their, uh, their, their social life down there. Now, will the absence of the willow trees harm them? Wouldn't they have enjoyed the willow trees for cover and their teenage shame? No, but you know who's going to get hurt are the bowling ball-sized bullfrogs that we have down there. And it's interesting. So the guy, my buddy, came down with his skid steer to yank all those suckers out by the roots. And uh, there were 10 buzzards flying around overhead right afterwards because I don't know if those bullfrogs are going to survive. A, thank God, because they're loud and annoying as crap. <laughs> But B, it's fun to watch the hawks swoop down and grab those things. It's wild kingdom out here, James. You're just causing extinction after extinction <laughs> on a local level and delighting on it. I don't know what is the end game here. You're gonna be you're gonna be the king of a parking lot. <sighs> no, no, we got the deers. We got uh, our turkey numbers have been growing really quickly, and I'm delighted about that. And uh, it's just fun because we're getting to know the different ones. There's little quirks and characteristics that each one has and uh, different ways of recognizing them because of patterns of their fur or their feathers. So we've actually enjoyed a lot feeding the animals and just kind of watching them go through the growth stage and the development and all the natural societal things that come when it comes to breeding and reproducing and then moving on to the next generation. This is not the direction I thought you'd go at all. You've been texting me pictures all day of stuff going on on the ranch. Every time you made made an excuse, you'd send me a picture like I wouldn't believe you, and I don't believe you anyway, regardless if <laughs> there's a exactly picture. Right. But it's like, who's going to make up an excuse like, oh, I'm installing a culvert. Then you send me a, a picture of a culvert, and it's like, I, I know what a culvert looks like. I, I don't I don't care one way or the other, but thank you for confirming. And also the fact that somebody else, you've paid another human being to install yes. a culvert does not stop you from doing a phone call. Uh, well, he's got the equipment that I need. He not only installed the culvert, but he ripped the crap out of those willow trees. At the same time, we had workers in here installing kitchen and bathroom counters in both cabins that we ordered either in October or November last year. And uh, thank God the, uh, the, the supply chain issues with granite have finally been resolved. And the guys were here literally all day because there were some problems, as you can imagine, that they didn't anticipate having to deal with. So you actually have a functional kitchen now? No. Ah, no. good. Okay. But we're one step closer. So a plumber's coming tomorrow to hook up the sink and the dishwasher. We might have a functional sink by tomorrow around lunchtime, James. 
So when you want a glass of water right now, what's what's the process look like for that? We have a water cooler and we get five gallon jugs of water that we refill. It's a dollar to refill a five gallon jug of water at the gas station. So I load them into the car. We've got four bottles. And when we get down to the last one, I load them in the car, take them down to the gas station and fill them up. That is a step below where I thought you'd be. Is there something wrong with the faucet in the bathroom? A, it's the faucet in the bathroom, and B, our water goes out or or the pressure goes down to where it's like a drip at almost once a day. It's probably averaging once every other day, but <laughs> there are stretches where it's every day for three or four hours. We don't have water. Okay, this is this is a new one for me. Why is your, I mean, I, and that's not going to be fixed by installing a faucet in your kitchen. Why are you losing no. water pressure for three to four hours a day? Well, the guys that come out here from the water department, because we call it in every single time, like almost every day we're on the phone with the water company. And so uh, Mrs. Steve knows both the guys, Gary and Steve are the two water company guys out here. And they know her by name. They call her Miss and then her first name. And she knows them. And apparently two things are working against us. One, they have horrible equipment down the line or uh, up the line from us and they have to keep refilling a water tank uh, that's in between us and the water department because we're about nine miles out of town so that's going badly and uh, apparently it's going to cost a lot of money to get new equipment and the city is unwilling to put the financial commitment into it the other problem is we are according to gary at the water department the highest point of this trunk of the water line and so to get the water up here requires a lot of push and so if there's anything disrupting that push we're going to be affected more than anybody else can't you just dig a well yeah, so there's two possible solutions to this if we want to get off city water and stop monkeying with it. One is to dig a well, but the price per foot of digging a well out here is is uh, astronomical, and I can't remember the number I would give it to you. Or we can bury a water tank or build a house around like a big, like a septic tank almost, if you know how big those water tanks are, what a septic yeah, tank yeah. looks like, and put a pump in so that that thing will fill over time. And then we're not, we're still technically on city water, but if there's a disruption, we still have 1,500 gallons in the tank to push in and take showers or wash clothes or do what we need to do. That's actually a weird life goal of mine. So like, you know, in like New York City, if you've got, you know, 500 people in a building and they're all taking showers at once, it doesn't cut off water. But if right. you're in your house and two people try to take showers at once, that's, that's a disaster. You can't do it. And the difference is they've got those huge water tanks up on the roof that like you're talking yep. about, they fill them slowly. I thought, what if you could just do that for a house? Just put your own water tower up and you fill it and you take five showers at once. Let me tell you something. When we got back from the pool, it is a <laughs> Fight. The kids have to negotiate and barter and threaten for who gets to who who has to go first and who gets to go last. For you know, God forbid they go just take a shower. They have to put it off as long as humanly possible. I don't know what they'll do with that extra time while they smell like chlorine, but apparently it's precious. But if I had a water tank because my life was falling apart like yours, I could just say, hey. We've got two showers. We have two kids shower at once. There's nothing to, well, there's still something to fight over, but then there's, they're only fighting over two slots rather than four. That could be half of the fighting. 
You know, the guy that owned this place before us had one of those water tanks, and we couldn't figure out why. Now we know. But in the meantime, we tore it out and uh, gave it to my father-in-law, and he brought it up to his cabin in Colorado, and he's going to use it for this very purpose. So had you just left it there, would, it, would you now have fully functional water? Uh, yeah, we would have needed a new pump, and we would have had to still pull the thing out and clean it because there were... <laughs> There were dead frogs and dead mice in it floating mm. in, like, uh, septic water when we came and bought the place. Man, so you it, it would have been substantial savings to, to not improve the project, quote-unquote. Yeah, I'm guessing just putting new equipment in will be a little more expensive but a lot less disgusting. I mean, that, sh that should be the motto for everything you've done there, <laughs> really, <laughs> just from day one. It, this is this is remarkable. I really did. I mean, I saw things going in and I was kind of uh, kind of alarmed. I thought maybe you'd turned a corner and things were finally going your way. I'm, mm. I'm delighted to mm. hear it's still disaster, disaster city. <laughs> I'm also delighted that you led with the willow trees and not the fact that you don't have freaking running water after like nine months in this house. Well, we do sometimes. You're <laughs> <laughs> like one of those cities where, like, yeah, it's, you know, in some some far away, you know, godforsaken land. We're like, oh, we have power one hour a day. Like, you are North Korea. <laughs> like, oh, it's the power hour. Everybody run your fans for a little bit, and then it goes away. But you, but you know what? I think in North Korea they still have water. I don't know that anybody there has run out of wow. running water. So you are you are a special case. I, I don't know that they have good running water like we do, clean running water. You know what? You know, the, the other problem with the water pressure, and this has maybe nothing to do with nothing, but we have one of those infinite water heaters, mm. so you can take a hot shower forever if you want yes. to. Except that water heater needs enough volume to be going through it to turn it on. So when the pressure is low, the water heater won't turn on because it's not enough. There's not enough water going through. So we have to run the bathroom sink and the shower at the same time to get enough water going through to turn the water heater on. This is, you know what? I, I think the people in North Korea are definitely living better than you. I would like, if we have any listeners in North Korea, if they could email us and just let us know. Yeah. You know, we're uh, we're big. Well, our 10 minutes to, uh, to save your marriage podcast on the rare occasions it runs, it's big in what, Uganda and some other random yeah. places. So surely somewhere through the chain, we have somebody in North Korea listening to us because I can't imagine they'd take the time to, to limit this podcast in, you know, in particular. I mean, we might've got caught if they banned all podcasts podcast but if they banned anything less than 100 percent, i bet we'd slip through the cracks by just nature of not having anyone listen to us anyway they, they wouldn't even yeah, know to ban cares. us yeah so if you're out there if you're our one north korean listener please let me know how does your life compare to steve's life please tell me yours is better i i have a tomato plant that's giving fruit in my yard james a tomato plant singular it is right over there, and uh, listeners can see it in the little caged area. Right behind me, I have two big pots. One has three corn stalks in it that are growing, and the other one has about a dozen cucumber plants that are growing. And uh, the cucumbers I might leave in the pot and just put a cage in. One of the Twitter followers, uh, one of my Twitter followers said that you can actually grow cucumbers in a pot and have them crawl up a tomato cage and uh, give cucumbers that way. That way they don't take up so much surface area on the ground like the vines do. And so I might just be planting corn in the ground when the corn gets big enough that it can withstand the predators that are trying to destroy it out here. 
Not only are cucumbers one of the cheapest things you can buy at the grocery store, they are by far the most tasteless. I don't know why any human being would go through the trouble of growing their own cucumbers. We have a, a global supply chain for a reason, and it might not be reliable for granite. It might not be reliable for plumbing labor, but it sure as heck is reliable for tasteless cucumbers. Well, I wanted something that was robust. And I asked my mother, because I wasn't sure what could grow in the soil here. <laughs> Nothing. And I said, what is something that you almost can't kill? And she said, tomatoes, cucumbers, and kale. And I am not going to grow kale. I think that's a personal affront to God and uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But uh, cucumbers I can live with and tomatoes I love. And so the tomato plant is thriving. That thing is giving off fruit like nobody business. And the cucumbers are growing really fast, although I don't care for cucumbers necessarily, but <laughs> exactly. as long as they grow, I'm, I'm, I, we're, we're getting slowly more self-sufficient. So first of all, the only thing that grows in the soil there is misfortune and suffering. And we've, we have <laughs> a stat. Yes, exactly. Yes. I guess there's several things that grow. <laughs> but I mean, okay, you put one tomato plant. That's like, that's like one meal's worth of tomatoes. You get, what, six tomatoes out of that? Maybe eight tomatoes if it went nuts? I probably pull five a week, but they're cherry tomatoes. So if you put these all together, if you combine the, the gross domestic harvest for all of this yeah. one plant, you're going to have like three bites of tomatoes. Yeah, but what I have that's even more important than that, James, is proof of concept. So <laughs> next year, I'm going to have a row of tomato plants. And hopefully, if the corn takes, I'll have rows of corn so it can fertilize each other. Because did you know you need at least four corn plants in order to have actual fruit corn? Like, uh, they, they, you have to have several plants to fertilize each other and keep some genetic diversity. It's an interesting uh, agricultural thing. I have never heard of anybody planting that few corn plants. I don't know who would even consider planting less than four. Well, if they grow, then next year we're going to have more and cucumbers and whatever else I like. And I do like vegetables quite a bit. Brussels sprouts are my favorite. I love your misguided optimism that you're still going to be on this property a year from now. This <laughs> land without water, this land that's soon going to be without plant life after you finish firebombing all the willow trees. Uh, this, <laughs> this land that costs you a billion dollars an hour just to, to maintain any kind of life there. Do you think you're going to make it another full year? I mean, you, you've had a rougher go than though that first group of settlers in Jamestown they landed and it just disappeared like what happened to these people yeah. like you you are them but somehow in the middle of the civilized world I thought we were past the frontier but I guess we're not it's no. it's it's left in one tiny spot on one hilltop and it's right there yeah yeah I'm gonna get cholera or smallpox <laughs> or scurvy or something like that in the meantime speaking of scurvy we're gonna plant some fruit trees also Ooh. although uh, we have insects that apparently are attracted to deep woods cutter Mm -hmm. which is confusing and irritating to me. But I'm not sure that we're going to be able to withstand the horde when it comes to planting fruit trees. But I will say this, the blackberries are coming in and there is a freaking bumper crop of them. If any of you want blackberries and you don't mind rolling up your sleeves and diving in with the devil, have at it. We have hundreds of thousands of blackberry vines and the fruit is ripening right now. What do you have against blackberries? Your land has actually produced something edible, something the deer probably like to eat. Why, why would you get rid of that? I don't believe the deers eat them because their mouths are sort of like ours. And uh, if they, that, the blackberries have these thorns that are like, like tenpenny nails, but sharper. 
And I don't think the deers are able to reach in and grab those because uh, they have sensitive mouths. I think the animals that are most competing with us for the blackberries are the birds. And then the snakes, there are like copperheads that live in the blackberry Ooh. brambles because they eat the birds when they come in looking for the blackberries. But uh, they pale in comparison to the evil that the blackberries represent. What is your problem with the blackberries? Well, one... Uh, they are freaking everywhere on our property. Two, where they grow, they are thick and they ruin the ground underneath them. Like the ground is no longer smooth and subtle. It is now pitted and uh, and desolate. <laughs> so at, at three, the vines turn into like miniature trees and it's very difficult on the mowers to mow through them and mulch them. So I think that's one of the reasons we've been having so many problems with the BAM. And then four of those darn thorns, you can't drive near one. They'll be trying to rip your clothes off you. I've lost hats off my head. They'll grab jackets and try, like pull. The, the thorns are really bad. And in fact, we had a thorn flatten tires twice on uh, one the bush hog and on one four wheeler. Why don't you just leave them be? If you just stop mowing over them, if you stop fighting the blackberries, they'd be no problem at all. You didn't have to plant them. You don't have to maintain them. Just go out there with some buckets, you know, pick five gallons of blackberries a day. I know you can't afford food anymore, so you can live off that. Yeah, you'll poop a bit more, but you know what? You'll be happy. That is the only way you are going to survive the winter is if you start stocking up on blackberries. We, ha we would have no open land if we didn't mow over the blackberries. And I know they're like five bucks for 12 ounces in the grocery store, but God dang, man, when you have like hundreds of thousands of quarts being grown on your land, at some point, it just don't matter anymore. And to hell with them. You know what? I just solved all of your problems in one go. Oh, two words, Steve. Two words. Yeah. yeah. Farmer's market. You go there, you pick those blackberries, your organic, homegrown, no pesticide blackberries. We know you're not taking care of them at all. You're not fertilizing them. So they're as natural as natural can be. You pick them, instead of $5 a quart, you sell them for 8 or 10 and you finally can pay for, I don't know, running water or something else you need. Maybe <laughs> replace the mower every three months. If you, if you have hundreds of thousands of these things, I mean, you're printing money there. You're growing money. Just pick them, sell them, and you're good to go. Put them at the end of the driveway that everybody wants to drive up anyway. We know you have all this traffic from trespassers. When they come on your property, <laughs> sell them blackberries. Price them, price them double high for the inconvenience, and, uh, and you'll be set. They are definitely all of organic and sustainable because they come back every year if you don't mow them down. In fact, they come back even more robust than the last year because while the old vines are shedding fruit, the new vines are popping up and like uh, they just get more and more dense over time. The old ones never die off. They just get new shoots that start growing up and taking over all the land around and underneath them. That is... Uh... That is not a problem. You you have found one good thing about this entire property, so I'm not surprised at all that you've dedicated yourself to killing it. Uh, by the yeah, well, you know, you know, I, go, go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll stop my other tangent. I'm going to take up the rest of our time. You take this tangent, please. It is all yours. Oh no, no, we have so little time left. I'm sure you have many things to say, given that you're you. Yeah, well, this is true. That is that is why we have this podcast here, so that I might, <laughs> I might give you a ray of sunshine in your life of despair, and then you will promptly ignore my advice. Uh, but here's mm. the deal. So, if you yeah. want to plant some trees that are actually going to grow, there's a spot you mm -hmm. need to go. You need to go up to the top of the highest hill. 
where there's going to be mm-hmm. some suspicious, suspicious rocks that there was no reason for mm-hmm. anybody to carry all the way up there. Some might say it's a grave. I say not. <laughs> you pull those rocks aside. There's already going to be some fertilizer down there, some perhaps oh. some decaying or can- organic matter. You put the tree down, then you weigh the tree down with the rocks so the wind can't blow it away, and you'll be set. It's the perfect planting spot. We got some sage and I smudged the house. Like uh, I burned sage and went through this uh, ritual to rid our house of evil. And at some point we're gonna go up to the gravesite and rid it of evil too, because I'm fairly certain between the house and the gravesite, there is the demon that is responsible for all of the evil that goes on here. I think we found the demon and it's you. You've rolled into a natural <laughs> ecosystem and you are destroying it with your entire life savings. I mean, you are the you're like you're like the villain in the Lorax here. That that's you. You I love the lack of self-awareness though. It's like in Captain Planet, you are, you know those those villains who like just like build pollution factories. The factories literally just build pollution <laughs> with no extra purpose. That's you. You're like, "Oh boy, these blueberries, these blackberries are sure great. They give me free food and I can sell them for a huge profit. Let's kill them all." And then you destroy yeah. your mower and you have to build a new mower and that does even more pollution. Yeah, you are you are the bad guy in Captain Planet right here. Oh, but at some point there will be no blackberry bushes and I will laugh <laughs> and watch them burn, James Briggs. I would bet money that those blackberries will be there long after you are gone. Well, we unfortunately have to be gone ourselves right now. You probably need to get to bed because uh, everyone has taken their showers and there's (laughs) no more water in Indianapolis. But uh, unless you have some famous last words for people to hang on until next week, when I'm sure we will, for two consecutive weeks, (laughs) put this show out there. That would that would be a crowning achievement at this point for you to find two weeks to have time for me. But we, we shall see. Well, you shall see, too. And we are so delighted that both of you have tuned in. Hi, Judy P. Until we meet again, until we figure out if all of us are going to spontaneously human combust and look like James Breakwell, this is Steve Leaves. Dr. Steve for James the Exploding and Burning Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs>